Broadcasting live from Music City, USA. Time now for the Titans Insider Podcast with two Nashville legends of sports radio, giving you the best inside look on your Tennessee Titans. Rumors, speculations, highlights, and scuttlebutt. This is the Titans Insider Podcast. And now, here's your host, two Nashville sports legends, Mark Howard and Terry McCormick. Welcome in to the inaugural Titan Insider Podcast. I'm Terry McCormick, and my co-host is Mark Howard, longtime radio and television fixture here in the Nashville market. Mark, welcome in. Looking forward to this, Terry. You know, we have, uh, you know, stood together covering the Titans for a lot of years, a lot of practices, a lot of games, a lot of Yankee talk, a lot of uh, uh, pop culture talk, and we even mixed in a little Titans football, but uh, always enjoy it with you. So uh, let's roll. All right, let's do this. I'm telling you, for anybody who doesn't know Mark Howard, you haven't been around the Nashville sports scene for the past three decades or so because Mark has been a fixture first at News Channel 5 and then on the wake-up zone uh, every morning for 16 years. He's been here basically since the Reagan administration in this market, right, Mark? Pretty much, Terry, uh, since 1986 in May. So I guess that uh, that, that was the Reagan administration. Hey, <laughs> been a while. Some, some people think I've been here since Teddy Roosevelt. But, uh, <laughs> not quite. Oh, well, you know, I've been around quite a bit myself. We Our paths have crossed for a long time. And like you said, we have uh, spent many an hour discussing the uh, – Good times and bad times with our beloved New York Yankees, but we're going to talk more Titans football today, and we're going to talk about the Titans as they get ready to make their road to the playoffs. I think, uh, barring a complete collapse, which would be unexpected, I think we can safely say the Titans are going to the postseason for the third time in four years. What do you see about this team, Mark, that's different than maybe the past couple of times they've been in the playoffs? Well, I think definitely last year their defense was better. Uh, and, you know, they didn't have a championship defense last year, but Dean Pease did a great job getting the maximum uh, uh, out, out of his personnel. You know, this year, you know, they just don't get to the quarterback. Uh, it, it's almost ridiculous. Uh, you know, we saw Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, pretty much untouched last week with the Lions. Uh, and, and, you know, with the Titans on defense, it's almost got to be death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, you know, they're, they're just not, uh, they just don't have playmakers. You know, uh, you know, we saw, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, they had three takeaways last week. Uh, but, but really, you know, this is a defense that slows them down, doesn't stop them. And I, I don't know if this is a team that's going to make a great postseason run because it has a prolific offense or a team that's going to get waylaid because they're going to run into a good defense that'll hold them, uh, you know, maybe in the twenties and a defense, uh, that can't and will result in their playoff demise. Uh, so, uh, hard to get a finger on this team, but yeah, they've been fun to watch this year. I'm sure you would agree, but this is a team. I think we can also agree is profoundly flawed. I would agree with that completely. If you want to go with a baseball analogy, it's like a team that can really hit but has a bad bullpen. And, you know, once you get into the postseason, you know, sometimes the things that uh, got you there don't always get you through. And, you know, 
offense seems to dry up a lot of times in the playoffs and defense seems to take over. And, you know, we've seen more than our share over the years of 16 to 13 games. But in the playoffs, you know, they're not very many 48 to 45 games. And I don't know that this Titans team can go out and win a game that maybe is 24 to 21. What about you? No, I I completely agree. Uh, And that's what's made this year so screwy. Uh, uh, you know they they you know they they got hammered by the Bengals because the Bengals uh, you know sort of figured them out. I mean the Bengals had a good day offensively uh, and and stopped the Titans on defense. Titans are not a good come from behind team. Uh, you know which is not to say you know that they're down a touchdown or ten points and you just throw your hands up. But this is a team to play from in front. Uh, you know they're a team that needs its uh, offensive balance. Uh, you know, they've got Derrick Henry, who is headed for a career season, possibly the 2,000-yard know, benchmark, but they play better off of play action. Uh, when, they, when they get behind and Henry's on the sidelines, suddenly that offensive line becomes vulnerable, uh, especially uh, at left tackle. Uh, you know, David Questenberry is a journeyman, he's a backup, and he's also their starting left tackle out of, out of desperation. And we've seen what can happen when the Titans get into just passing mode. Uh, he got vaulted uh, you know, for that sack in the end zone uh, for a safety uh, against the Lions, and we've seen him victimized uh, when the Titans get behind. We saw it during the Browns game. So uh, you wonder if they, if they finally meet a good defense, you know, what's going to happen. You're you're spot on right there. I think when you're talking about this team, we saw the worst and what could happen when this team can't do what it wants to in that loss to the Cleveland Browns because that game was out of hand, 38-7 to by the half. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Now, it was admirable that they turned it around and played much better in the second half, but they had no shot in that game, and the biggest reason they had no shot was – exactly what you said they were so far out of it that it rendered Derrick Henry ineffective in the second half so it's basically drop back throw the ball see what you can come up with I think whenever when this team is at its best and I think we probably saw their best performance of the season maybe their best performance of the season very early on against the Buffalo Bills because they played well and they played well against a contending team I think when you look at that formula for success where they were able to run the ball use play action and get the ball down the field and take vertical shots and get run after the catch from A.J. Brown and Corey Davis I think when you look at what this team has the potential to do everything is predicated off of Derrick Henry and his presence on the field and Terry you know this a lot of times a defense will pay uh, that play fake lip service because they're not really afraid of the running back uh uh, you know, who can come out of the backfield. But with the Titans, you've got to play them honestly. And that play action is a real weapon uh, because it gives uh, the Titans receivers, you know, that extra second to get downfield and get open. And uh, Tannehill has done a great job of exploiting that. I mean, statistically, 31 touchdown passes, five interceptions. Uh, I don't think anybody questions now the wisdom of signing him to a long-term contract, but he seems perfectly suited for this offense. 
But you know, I'll say it again: if they get behind and Tan- and uh, and Henry comes off the field, suddenly that offensive line is hardly a fortress of solitude. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's a place uh, that Tannehill gets a little antsy, and Tannehill, you know, looks uh, a lot you know a, a lot more nervous. Uh, you know, in those situations, it seems like uh, his accuracy is down in terms of uh, completion percentage. Uh, but but whatever the case, the Titans are much better in play action. No doubt about it. Let's talk a little bit about this week's matchup. I know that it's an NFC game against the Green Bay Packers, but a couple of guys said it after the win over the Lions. I think Malcolm Butler was one of the guys that said it, and a couple of other guys echoed it as well. This game is basically a playoff game. This is a measuring stick game for the Titans. They still need to keep pace with the Indianapolis Colts in order to to maintain the tiebreaker, win the AFC South, get a home playoff game. But the Packers are going to be the type of team that they're going to see as long as they're in the postseason. And this game means a lot to the Packers. They can... uh... They can clinch the number one seed in the NFC by winning this game. You know, Aaron Rodgers, again, having an MVP year, 40 touchdown passes, only four interceptions. He's only been sacked uh, uh, 18 times. And then, you know, he's got Devontae Adams, uh, who might be the best receiver the Titans see all season. Uh, so, you know, they, they've got that. And then, uh, you know, Tanyan, the, the tight end, has 10 touchdown passes and he has been targeted this season, I believe, 55 times, and he's caught 49 of those balls. So think about that percentage. That's pretty remarkable. So it just lets you know that uh, – and, and they throw to both of their backs. Uh, you know, they're so dangerous. And that's what's hurt the Titans, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, backs, uh, you know, coming out as receivers, uh, and, and that's what's – made third down so difficult for the Titans State. I think when you get into this game on Sunday night, the Titans' best strategy is to use that offense to their advantage. Now, I don't mean that they need 75-yard touchdowns on every series like like they did when Ryan Tannehill went up top to Corey Davis on Sunday, but what they need are sustained drives, like that first drive of the game against the Lions where they chewed four or five minutes off the clock, went 75 yards in 12 plays, punched it into the end zone. Because you know the Packers are going to put up points. This is not going to be a Jeff Fisher 16-13 to 13 type of game for the Titans. It's going to be high scoring. And for the Titans, in order to help that defense, the offense has to win time of possession. Yes, they're still going to need a few explosive plays. They're going to need to move the chains, get run after the catch, and all those sorts of things. But the key to me is to maintain control of the football and don't give Aaron Rodgers extra opportunities either by turnovers or three and outs. No, absolutely. And they've got to figure out a way to contain Zadarius Smith, who in my opinion was the man who got away, the guy that John Robinson should have signed two years ago uh, instead of going the bargain basement route with his pass rushes. that, That to me is the biggest myth. And I don't know how interested uh, Smith was in coming here, but uh, that's the guy that you know. If you could, if you could go back two years uh, and and sign a free agent uh, that got away from you, Zadarius Smith 
has lived up to his label. Uh, and, you know, Zadarius Smith is going to be working on Questenberry. There's no question about it. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Yeah, and the other part of that equation is you know they're going to have to keep a tight end in most likely to help Quisenberry. So that means either Jonu Smith or Michael Pruitt or somebody is probably going to be in a lot and not going out into pass routes, which leaves you one less guy out in the routes. So there may be a lot of situations where it's only A.J. Brown and Corey Davis in the route, and then maybe Derrick Henry leaking out of the backfield as the safety valve uh, Sunday night when the Titans go up to Green Bay just because they're going to have to have somebody account for Zadarius Smith beyond probably David Quisenberry. No, you're right. And, you know, it's funny because, They've got pass rushers at just about every level. Uh, you know, on the D line, uh, you know, they've got, uh, Kinsey, who's got four sacks, uh, and they've got, uh, you know, Rashawn Gay, uh, a linebacker, uh, Rashawn Gary, rather, uh, their strong side linebacker, who has, uh, five sacks. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Packers defense, uh, is, uh, is pretty formidable. It's top 10 in the league. And it's going to be, this is going to be one of the best pass rushes uh, that Tannehill will have faced this season. One of the things, and let's talk about this briefly. I know the defense hasn't been much to write home about. If you were Mike Vrabel, who is now not only the head coach, but the, the de facto defensive coordinator, would you start to think about moving Jeffrey Simmons around on the line like the way Jarrell Casey was done in order to create mismatches and generate a pass rush? Yeah, I, I absolutely would. Uh, you know, and he's eating up blocks. I mean, there's no question about that. He draws the double team, but I think uh, it's taken away from his effectiveness late in games. It has to be tiring him out. Uh, you know, the amount of snaps that he plays, and after a while, yeah, it gets to be a load. You know, every time you're double, uh, you know, double team. Daquan Jones has had a great year against the run, but he frankly is not a pass rusher. Uh, so, you know, Jack Crawford is kind of a, a journeyman and the depth guys, you know, have been okay. Uh, but, uh, it's really been the Jeffrey Simmons show up front for them, uh, as he, you know, continues to develop in his second year with the Titans. Yeah. One of the things I'd like to see them do, I agree with you. I would like to see them move Simmons to the end position on pass downs and then clog the middle with Daquan Jones and Tier Tart, who's the kind of been a rookie find, one of the few rookies who's actually contributed this year as an undrafted guy. I think that would give you the best chance to try and get to the quarterback without having to blitz defensive backs or linebackers. No, and, and I think, too, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, you've got a Dory Jackson and Christian Fulton in there now for – for two straight weeks, Jackson especially, you know, you know, last week, uh, you know, they they limited his snaps, but you got to figure uh, he's going to play more this week, and you just wonder uh, how that's going to change or add to the Titans' pressure packages. Because Terry, they got to do something. Uh, it, it's crazy how the, how they just can't even you know seem to get to the quarterback, you know, can't even get uh, you know knockdowns. Can't even get pressures, uh, you know, because we all know. I don't care what they're doing right now. I don't care how many points they're scoring every week. They're on borrowed time if they can't generate more quarter, more pressure on the quarterback. You are absolutely right. And speaking of borrowed time, let's go to our first break. Mark, take it away. 
That's right. And Wilson County Motors has Chevrolet Buick, GMC, and the absolute game changer. That's right. The Mitchell discount. Mitchell Bone, my man, getting it done there. Uh, how much can you save? Well, find new roads to Wilson County Motors, just 20 minutes east of the Nashville airport, 24-7, WilsonCountyMotors.com. Terry? All right, back here on the Titan Insider Podcast, Terry McCormick and Mark Howard, our inaugural podcast right here as you are listening, brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. We've been talking a little bit about the Titans and the Packers matchup, and we've touched on a little bit of the Titans playoff hopes and things like that. What do you see as the best teams the Titans match up with postseason-wise, and what do you see as the worst teams they match up with in the AFC? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I think they I, – I would say, you know, they, they, I think they match up with the Browns, even though the Browns have a pretty good pass rush. Uh, I'd like to see them uh, – you know, the Steelers are a different team now. Yeah, obviously the Ravens. They always seem to play well against the Ravens. Uh, the Bills, I think they caught the Bills in a weird situation. Uh, but, but really, you know, Baltimore right now, I mean, what else can they say? I think the Titans are in their heads. I don't think they want to see the Titans at all. Uh, I think the Colts, you know, once again, healthy uh, becomes a better matchup. I think both games, you know, were, 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 were kind of crazy especially the second one when Indy had all those injuries. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Titans up against the Browns again. Uh, I, I think it would be a different outcome. Uh, and I'm not afraid of the Steelers. Uh, and like I said, I feel like the Titans have the Ravens number. I'll throw one more in there. I think I would like to see how they match up against the Miami Dolphins. You've got a rookie quarterback and yeah. Tua Tongavaloa who has played well, no doubt about it. The Dolphins do have a pretty good defense, but I do think that Derrick Henry in that offense would be able to wear them down. Plus, it would be a nice homecoming type of deal for Ryan Tannehill if he were able to defeat the Miami Dolphins in a playoff game. All very good points. Yeah, I I, I would have to say that Tannehill would love to see the Dolphins. Uh, That'd be a great storyline going in. Hey, we got to talk about how during the Lions game, uh, an episode of 24 broke out uh, with the special teams coach going rogue. Uh, (laughs) I I thought that was hilarious. With the fake punt, 12 minutes to go, the Titans are up 32-18, and just independently, their special teams coordinator, the Lions, decides to call a punt fake. Doesn't ask the head coach, doesn't ask any of the other coordinators, just goes with it. And, of course, the Titans blew it up. Uh, you know, a, a great plays uh, on that, uh, you know, to, to end that. But, uh, you know, really, uh, what was it? Nick Westbrook, Ikeen, really blew that, that punt fake up. But then Combs getting fired the next day because, uh, because he went rogue. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought that was hilarious. I, I thought it was a, the NFL version of 24. It really is crazy because the Lions have kind of been a disaster all season long. Now, granted, they've not been as bad as the Jets or the Jaguars or 
even the NFC East. But the Lions, you know, the there was talk that the players were ready to mutiny against Matt Patricia, that they didn't like the way he did things. They finally fire him. They bring in, they elevate Daryl Bevel to be the interim coach. I don't think he has any shot to get the job uh, on a permanent basis. And then to have the special teams guy go rogue and call that fake punt with the head coach not knowing about it. Yeah, it it's typical Detroit Lions and and certainly and now the next thing in the chapter for the Lions today their facility was shut down due to positive covid test. So not good times in Detroit. But, but I thought it was funny Terry that they said that Combs got fired cuz he wasn't a cultural fit. They've all got they've all got two more weeks there. I mean they're out they're pretty much they've all pretty much got one foot out the door. I just thought it was funny that uh, it was important to fire him. Absolutely. You know, that move, that when they fired Jim Caldwell, everybody was, you know, they did that around the same time the Titans went from Mike Malarkey to Mike Vrabel. And a lot of people said, Matt Patricia is going to be the guy that's going to take help the Lions take the next step. Well, well right now, Jim Caldwell looks pretty good <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> well, you think about the Titans and, and Lions were on a similar arc. Uh they both had coaches who had winning seasons, nine, nine and seven seasons. Uh, Malarkey, in fact, had won a playoff game and both decided to change coaches, which is a huge gamble. You know, we've seen it work before. We've seen it blow up before. Uh, the Titans hired the right guy. The Lions hired the wrong guy. No doubt about it. And, you know, when you get into let's let's discuss this because it's kind of the elephant in the room. Do you think Mike Vrabel should have hired a defensive coordinator this year? Or do you put more of their problems on the fact that their free agent signings and their decision to move on from Jarrell Casey, bring in Clowney and Beasley, and that didn't work out? Do you put more of the blame on the the personnel moves that didn't work or the fact that they don't have a D.C.? I really feel like more the latter. I feel like... uh... You know, not getting any sacks out of Vic Beasley and Jadavian Clowney was was huge. It would make any coordinator look bad. Uh, I think Vrabel would have done fine. I understand why he did it. Uh, the the lack of a post, the lack of an off season, really the lack of a preseason. Uh, so there was immediate familiarity there. Yeah, maybe he should have handed it off to one of the assistants. And I think to a certain degree, you know, he's done that. So I'm not as bothered as everybody else is by him not hiring a coordinator. Now, next year, uh, I think I, I think he should and he will. And we're all hoping maybe it might be Dean Peace. You never know. Uh, he might come back. But whatever the case, I think, uh, I think Vrabel's uh, situation was severely hampered by the, the, the free agent ads who just, you know, absolutely didn't work out. I mean, Clowney was okay. Beasley was just uh, Beasley. I don't think I don't think Beasley wanted to be here from day one. Uh, that's just a guess. I mean, you're you were you're closer to it than I am. But the fact that they got zero sacks out of those two guys, and they're still ten and four, is just unbelievable. It's like last year when you looked at the uh, you know the the lack of field goals and, and the horrible field goal percentage that team had. And they made it to the AFC Championship. So Vrabel does a lot of things right. I'll give him a pass uh, on the defensive coordinator uh, tour that, that that he did this year. 
uh, and I'll, I'll put a lot of it on the front office, not really helping him out. I'll agree with you to a certain point. The, where, I, where I vary away from your opinion on this is this. I think, yes, the pass rush has been awful. It's not been what they anticipated it to be. But I think when you look at up and down this defensive group, the only guys who are having as good a year as they did last year are Jeffrey Simmons, who's probably better than he was last year, and Malcolm Butler, whose season was ended short last year with a broken arm, but he's certainly playing better probably than at any point in 2019. You've got staple guys like Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, Rashawn Evans, who've all had a fall-off from 2019 to 2020. I... I attribute some of that to the lack of pass rush, but I also attribute some of that to the fact that they're not getting the Dean Pease influence this year, that Dean Pease has not been there to bring out the best in those guys and to put them in the best situations to make plays down after down after down. Yeah, I would agree with you uh, at the linebacker level because I think Dean Pease did get the most out of Evans. Jayon Brown, when he was healthy, you know, David Long, I think, is a little limited. Uh, there, certain, he's more of a chaser, uh, you know, than anything else. But uh, and Rashawn Evans, Rashawn Evans should, you know, should should have you know one or two Pro Bowls on his resume by now. And the fact that he hasn't, yeah, I, I think uh, you know falls in Brable's lap. I'd say that's fair. As far as the back end, as far as the safeties, I, I, I think you've got to uh, mitigate that. Uh, you know, with the terrible pass rush this team has and how hard it is to play behind, you know, that kind of a D-line that can't get to the quarterback. I'll, I'll see you there, and then I'll raise you once here in, in terms of, of the back end especially. And, I, and Kevin Byard has talked about this a couple of times when we've interviewed him this year. There's a lot of miscommunication going on in that secondary because there's so many new faces because of all the injuries. You know, Kevin Byard and Kenny Vaccaro probably didn't know Breon Borders from Adam, you know, when they signed him off the street, brought him in, and then all of a sudden he's a starting corner. Same thing with breaking in rookies like Christian Fulton, who's been in and out of the lineup. Chris Jackson, who's been in and out. They pick up Desmond King halfway through the year from the Chargers in a trade. So there's been a lot of moving parts in that secondary, and communication is key back there because I go back to – the days, the good old days of around 2005, 2006, how many times was miscommunication blamed when the Titans secondary was burned? You'd see poor old Lamont Thompson chasing a guy 20 yards down the field because Ronaldo Hill or Pac-Man Jones had miscommunicated with him and hung him out to dry, and the Titans have given up a big play. I think miscommunication in that secondary has been a big part of the problem back there this year, too. Boy, Lamont Thompson. Wow. <laughs> For people who don't know, Lamont Thompson was what a second round pick of the Bengals, and he didn't make he didn't make the roster. He got cut before the regular season, or he got or he got cut early in the in his first regular season, uh, and then he comes over here and plays a few years. But uh, you know that that was he was sort of an interesting character. 
Definitely. He was, uh, you know, one of the guys, as he referred to himself, a hairsman, because he was one of the first guys to have the big, long dreadlocks, you know, coming out of the back of the helmet that Troy Palomalu later popularized. Exactly. So now we've uh, we've tackled our obscure titan of the day with Lamont Thompson. Let's wrap this thing up here, Mark, with one final segment. Let's talk just a little bit about the improvement of Corey Davis this year. What do, you, what do you see as the biggest reasons that Corey Davis has gotten it together? Well, I, I think, first of all, I think Arthur Smith has really figured out what he does best. Uh, and he's got him, you know, running those crossers. Uh, and, and he's just he, he's done a good job. He's, he's a more complete player. He's always been a good blocker. But he's finally, you know, become, at least in certain circumstances, the deep threat that we, we were waiting for uh, when he came out of Western Michigan. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think he's become a much better technician. Uh, I don't want to steal your thunder because uh, I think I know what you're going to say. But, uh, yeah, he is and, – and, and here's the irony, Terry. I don't think there's any way he's coming back to the Titans next year because of the cap situation. I, I think it would be really, really difficult given the season he's having and, you know, the fact that the cap's going to be less. Uh, it, it, it would just be really hard uh, to see the Titans, you know, find a scenario where, where they can bring him back. All right. We'll be back and wrap it up right after this. We would like to thank Genesis Career College for sponsoring this podcast. Have you ever thought about becoming a master barber? In less than a year, you'll learn the skills you will need to work at a barbershop or even open up your own location. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Visit genesiscareer.edu for more information on enrolling at the Nashville location. Mark, we are back wrapping up the first ever Titan Insider Podcast, talking road to the playoffs with the Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Go ahead and give me your prediction for Sunday night. I think the Packers are going to beat them. Uh, gosh, I'll say the Packers will win. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be uh, you know thirty eight twenty seven Packers. Uh, I-, I can see the Titans defense having a tough time. This one matters for Aaron Rodgers. I was a little surprised. Because the betting line was only three and a half. I thought it would be more. It might go up uh, after this show. But really, for the most part, I think it's going to be tough for the Titans to come away with a victory. So I'm going to say they get outgunned uh, in this one by about 11. I think it'll be closer than that. I think in the cold at Green Bay, it might be a little more low scoring than we think. I'm going to say that the Packers are going to win this one 31 to 27. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, that will wrap it up. For Mark Howard, I'm Terry McCormick. Tune in next week again for the Titan Insider Podcast. We would like to thank, once again, Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College for underwriting this podcast. Please let them know that you appreciate their sponsorship. 